Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglies.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis of the latest bank scams against borrowers, homeowners, consumers, and investors, and providing legal representation throughout Florida. This program is for general information only. It is not a solicitation for services or legal representation and should never be used as a substitute for advice from a licensed professional. And now, here's world-renowned financial expert, attorney, and blogger, Neil Garfield. And hopefully answers tonight. Hi, this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, March 2nd, 2017. And on a personal note, I want to thank all of you for writing in your uh, happy birthday wishes for me. I am 70 years old now. I don't feel a day over 71. I had a delicious time with my children and grandchildren. So good afternoon to those in the western time zones and good evening to those in the east. I seem to have a little frog in my throat. Follow the instructions you received when you called in uh, in order to uh, show my studio board that you're waiting with a question. Attorney Charles Marshall joins me tonight again as co-host to, to help field your questions. I see that. Uh, hey again, some... Neil. Good to have you, Charles. I see that there are already callers from California, so Charles may come in handy. Well, that's more... good to hear. Yeah. So... More information rolling in on the whole U.S. bank rent-a-name scheme, which I might add I described in detail in the foreclosure defense workbook that I published at the beginning of all this mayhem. I'm still sorting through the material that all of you are sending. It's great. Uh, they will That material will be used in part in the entirely new workbook that will be up for pre-publication very shortly. Um, pre-publication sale, I should say. Uh, thank you for for your participation, all of you who have written in and uh, uh, given us those documents. Very helpful. The whole U.S. bank rent-a-name rent scam has been or is being revealed in all of its inglorious actions designed to throw homeowners and their attorneys off the scent. We're going to be talking about a number of things tonight, but uh, we're going to be concentrating on questions from you. I'm broadcasting live from Duval County, Florida, brought to you by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, Lending Lies, Amgar, and the Garfield Firm with offices in South Florida. And this show is specially brought to you because of donations to the Living Lies blog from listeners like you. Thank you. And for those of you who are not contributors yet, 
we ask that you hit the donate button on the blog or call 202-838-6345, which is our main number, and pledge whatever you think you can afford. If this show has value for you, if the work we do on the blog has value for you, then please make a contribution to help us continue helping you and all consumers. We depend on it. Charles, welcome back, and thank you for hosting last week's show. Uh, yes, it was uh, it was uh, great hosting your show last last week, Neil. So <clears throat> I'm going to go to our first question right away and see how many we can get to. Uh, area code 501, first three digits, 612. What is your question? Hi, gents. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes, we can. Oh, excellent. Hey, I love what you just said about, about U.S. Bank for starters. I've got a question just to keep it kind of simple. Um, I have a case basically where I lost. Um, if you want, I'll just name, name specifics. Um, there is a, an assignment of mortgage that was made in 2013 by uh, Bill Cook of SPS Servicing. I've noticed that he has signed uh, multiple assignments. He's been noted as Assistant Secretary of MERS, et cetera. He's also noted as a document control manager at SPS in some of these instances. And uh, they, of course, were the servicer, so that's a little dirty. But anyway, um, in my situation, um, this the, is a situation. Sorry? Say again? He, he's actually an octopus with eight arms. That's how he's able to sign all those documents. <laughs> Oh, he is, and I'm I'm needing to put a little more ammo in the spear gun to make sure I don't miss. But um, <laughs> in my in in my situation, I have a situation where it, it all went through. I have a case for for wrongful foreclosure. This is probably the the main point of attack, being that this document itself would be fraudulent. And and uh, the the elements that that get me to that point, which I'll have to delve into a little deeper, are that. Um, the original lender in my case was Fremont Investment and Loan, out of business in 2008. I believe there's some Florida cases where that's judicially noticed, and there are some others. But um, more or less, on the assignment itself, it says Fremont, and it basically, I have Fremont and MERS making the assignment. I've got this guy who's with the the um, servicer signing it, and um, I think that's kind of interesting. So, what I wanted to ask you guys is um, what would be the most ideal steps in attacking a void judgment, um, being able to prove up that this guy didn't have and couldn't have had power of attorney for Fremont Investment Loan, all that stuff. And uh, before, I've spoken on, on the show before, and you suggest I need to find a, a PI attorney that understood pain and suffering or somebody to, to develop this and, and have them do a consultation with you. And we'll definitely do that as soon as I can find somebody new. But, Anyway, my right. question is pretty much what are the best steps here? Well, uh, obvious. Uh, I'll go first, Charles. Uh, sure. Well, I, I just had a, a consult earlier uh, uh, with the exact same players. Good. So... Um, Fremont, of course, doesn't exist anymore, and uh, this whole uh, 
uh, scheme is dependent upon appearances rather than reality. So what you need to do, uh, in my opinion, and of course, you're in Arkansas, right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, MERS doesn't have authority to assign there. So in this case, Fremont could have been the only party that had told anybody to make any assignment, I suspect is kind of how that that rings. Yeah, the, the question is, did Fremont exist at the time of the assignment? Probably not. Um, not in 2013, but, no. Okay, so uh, an assignment from a non-existent entity, which uh, uh, couldn't have owned the... Uh, uh, the subject of the assignment is no assignment. I yeah, would say always... that, yeah, the, the first thing I would say to give you a caveat at something you already know, which is that Arkansas is one of the tough states. And huh, uh, they they will rule for the banks under the most peculiar uh, situations. The second right. thing I would say, is that you need to focus on what wasn't there and specifically the lack of foundation for uh, uh, anything relied upon by the court, uh, which amounts in most cases merely to representations of counsel or some robo-witness who... uh, uh, did not provide the, the necessary foundation. And to a, a, attack that in your lawsuit and uh, uh, subpoena the, uh, the witness to establish that what we already know, that they are employed for the express purpose of testifying and right. have little or no knowledge of the... Uh, uh, workings of a bank or a servicer or anything else. They have a script to go by, and the whole idea of employing them is to make sure that they don't know anything that could slip out. I'm here. Uh, so, I, uh, Charles, I, you want... Oh, sure. Yeah, I think you provided some good uh, input on that. I mean, the the bottom line in these situations is the the longer you can keep some some objections in some kind of legal forum going, the more you know, even when the prospect is dim, the more opportunity you have to, to get somebody somewhere who might put you onto a, a path of reversal. Uh, where, in terms of the litigation again, what what was the last thing that happened? Um, the last thing that was happening is I I lost uh, in in a little bit of a flim flam motion for summary judgment uh, that the plaintiff had made when I had made a motion, and um, I lost shouldn't have lost but it happened, and in the grand scheme of it all. I made a few mistakes because I couldn't find anyone to represent me. I had an attorney that, that gave me advice, and I followed it. But uh, there were a few dumb things I didn't do, like I didn't object to the to the, the note, which wasn't the original note, any of that stuff. But um, 
I definitely brought out that it was filed past the statute of limitations, which it was on its face, on the face of the complaint. It was never amended. Um, I went through all of that and uh, covered that there were no payments ever made in any subsequent situation since it was in default. There were no payments ever made which would have told the statute of limitations because in, in the state of Arkansas, they were made to a third party and they were unrecorded, and that's a requirement that I, I discovered as I just went in and read real estate law. But um, that's it. I, I'm sorry if I went off and didn't answer your question. But was there something else you wanted me to elaborate on? Basically, I, I no, lost no, the that's property. Good, I, that's I have, good information. I have yeah. Right. That's good information. And then when when was the motion for summary judgment? When was the judgment associated with that? Oh. This was in this was in 2015, so I, I surely missed my opportunity to appeal. But I read that I can attack a void judgment at any time, so I'm having fun with that. Yeah, that's exactly correct. You can, I mean, statutorily, depending on where you're in California or wherever, yeah, there are some statutory frameworks where doing so within six months to a year is favorable. But you're absolutely right; a void yeah. judgment is always void. And if you could show that it was void in a future legal proceeding, the fact that that proceeding uh, would happen years later is still no barrier to getting the relief. The practical problem, of course, is convincing a judge of that and finding an attorney to do the litigation, coordinate the litigation with. Are you still in the property, or what's the status of that? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm not in the property We'd gotten out of it long ago, um, and, and I would have just basically let it go. But as I looked into this situation, I discovered that I've got criminals coming to the court saying I owe them money. And I don't owe them a dime. And uh, I thought, I've got to stand up, realize there's a bunch of people that have been through this. There are people who have been kicked out, children who have been harmed. Didn't really didn't really harm me in any grand manner other than the frustration and stress upon the well, I mean, it, it did harm me. It was a pain in the ass, but no one threw me out in the streets what I'm getting at. And um, so that's that's all taken care of. My credit is still being marked, so we've got an FCRA suit that will be fun to bring out there. But um, if right now as I start to look into this and I've discovered some case law recently, um, I pretty much resolved after after my last conversation with you, Neil, and thank you. But I'd resolved that what I wanted to do was try to get my ducks in a row as much as I could and then I would, would go and try to find an attorney that had a little bit of a clue, and then I might put them together with you and, and do the consultation you'd suggested. And um, right. I don't, don't don't think this has ever been done in that state. I know this guy, Bill Cook, is a is a bastard in multitudes of cases. <laughs> so I uh, I haven't I haven't yet found one that was ever published, or I could find through Google or, or doing legal research where where we, we've got him deposed, and I suspect he may not be someone that they want to pose. I don't know if he's one of the Coke brothers or how that all works, but I think they own Credit Suisse or something, which is the owner of SPS. But my uh, my fear as I looked at it is, I mean, I can see, yeah, we have a dead man making the assignment according to what's there. He's somebody who is not a Fremont employee and couldn't be at that point. It might be under some different entity, but the assignment would be void based on that, I think. And I I want to dig in and I may need to do a chain of title assessment or something that uh, Bill Patalo does uh, I or think, something the others do. Yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, uh, go, uh, going to uh, Bill Patalo or uh, we have uh, a paralegal that does a chain of title analysis, uh, not the depth of uh, 
analysis that, that Bill does. Um, um, and I, I think uh, I thought I heard you say that you already had a lawsuit going for wrongful foreclosure. Apparently, I misheard that. I, um, I, I don't. I, I don't have one. Don't have one yet. Um, but I know I'll bring one out. The uh, this is this could be fun, in that there are documents that were exchanged by two law firms that that lend me to believe that their actual client is not U.S. Bank, which documents online say they don't ha- actually handle the foreclosure or, or handle the payments or any of that. And uh, I want right. to bring that out and maybe go after SPS because they're the one that were doing it, and, and these two law firms are, are guilty of baritry in that case. That's hard to bring out, but I would love to get at that. <laughs> um, somebody I mean, needs to open that's, a can on somebody. Anyway. Yeah, that's an academic subject that won't get you much traction. But I would okay. suggest we'll that that you uh, uh, the, uh, you asked about next steps. Next steps yeah. are to get ducks in a row, which means getting a chain of title analysis, uh, and then uh, have a lawyer or we can do it here. Uh, analyze the uh, the chain of title analysis and give you you know. Uh, the strategies and paths that you might be able to employ and uh, also give you an idea of what gets traction and what doesn't. Um, okay. Uh, that's, that's probably your next steps. And, of course, keep looking for a lawyer. The sooner you get one, the sooner you'll be able to do something. So I'm going to move on now. Uh, our next Thank you both. caller. Thank you. Yes. And we are on... Uh, with area code eight five zero first three digits six seven five, what is your question? Well, maybe you don't have one, or you haven't figured out how to get on the line. All right, we'll go to another one. Uh, you know. Before I hit this uh, caller, Charles, I find that the biggest problem that everyone seems to have, except people like you and me, um, is they uh, they're faced with this one subject foreclosure, and then they open the door a crack and they realize that there's a whole mountain behind it that. Uh, somehow they have to climb in order to get even to first base. And so when they come to me, and I'm sure you're having the same issue, they don't even know what to ask. They don't know uh, what their real situation is. Deep down inside, they're filled with shame that they ever got into this position. And they... Uh, so they're not really sure if defending is the moral thing to do. Well, you know, I tell all of them the same thing. The morality issue here is clear. The banks shouldn't be doing what they're doing, and uh, while there's blame to go around to everybody, the only one who is actually uh, paying uh, the price for that is uh, the homeowner. Um, I imagine 
uh, Charles, that you have uh, uh, similar experiences with people who are desperate but don't know what their real situation is. Um, yes, exactly. I mean, here in California, even though typically the the borrower, you know, who who has all the problems you just mentioned, is going to be on the plaintiff side rather than the defendant side, it it is as if they're on the defense a large portion of the time on the case. And much of the time, there are either pending sale dates or rolling sale dates. Uh, sometimes we get those off with TROs. Sometimes we get these off with negotiations, but it's always kind of looming in the background, whether the uh, homeowner lives there or, or there's a rental property involved. And it's absolutely true that it's hard for borrowers on the spot and in the moment to identify and clarify uh, a you know, a lot of the issues that, that we need on the legal side, but just getting everything straightened out to, to present their documents and uh, to kind of get order in, in the chaos that your life can become when you have that kind of life-affecting life impact. I mean, I've, I've said it many times, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, just, just right. behind that is, is property. And the property associated in these cases, even if it's a rental property, of course it's a very big deal, and the borrowers are very much their whole lives are tied up in those properties. I, I uh, just as I want to get this in before the show ends, uh, it's it's out of context, but one of the things I I wanted to point out tonight was I have a. A uh, lawyer in the uh, uh, state of Georgia who is litigating her own case, and she's going down a very interesting path of uh, uh, violation of a right of privacy, invasion of privacy. And this is how a lot of things get unraveled. It's the little things that somehow uh, get pointed out. The inspection, the so-called inspection of the property by an individual who does not identify themselves in any way and starts asking intimidating questions at the door and comes back every week or every month or whatever. Um, uh, the uh, so-called servicer uh, admitted that they sent this guy there and admitted the trespass. Uh, but basically said that it was just, you know, in the ordinary course of business and no harm, no foul. And um, on the trespass issue, it appeared that they might be right as to computing damages, but they, on the invasion of privacy, that is definitely emotional distress and things like that. And she's pursuing that, and I will let people know, but the reason I'm putting it out is I suggest that the lawyers on the line here uh, research the point and see whether or not it applies to the facts in, in the case, one or more of the cases that you're litigating. Um, okay, so having gotten that out, we'll return to context and... We 
are going to area code five zero three first three digits three eight four. What's your question? I think it's star six to get in. No? Okay. Um then let's go to a Californian. Area code seven one four, first three digits four zero four. You have a question? Well, I've got these question marks on my board. Well, there's two more. Okay. We'll do area code five one zero. Uh, thir- first three digits eight eight seven. What's your question? Hi Neil, can you hear me? I can Hello. hear you fine. Good. Okay, I just was deposed yesterday by Bank of America, and I'm uh, I haven't talked to my attorney yet. But I'm wondering are those depositions very important? I'm going to trial in July. Well. Depositions are not something which win or lose cases, but uh, whatever you said at deposition uh, could be used against you. Uh, There's not much that you said that could be used for you. Um, So uh, depending upon what you admitted or what you said, uh, that might be used at trial. Um, in in most cases, depending upon the question and the answer, uh, the uh, uh, sometimes they give a tricky question and you're you think you're answering and you're not, uh, and instead you're you're giving them something that they couldn't prove any other way. But uh, simple que- answer to uh, depositions is. Stay clear, stay focused, answer yes or no, and don't expand like you're going to win the case because of what you're saying. And uh, I can't tell you anything more than that because I don't know more about your case. So we'll go now to... Neil, just real quickly, yeah, my take on that, my take on that is uh, depositions typically only affect the margins. They can they can affect settlement value either positively or negatively depending on how the deposition goes. But in terms of trial testimony, uh, they the the content, the transcripts will sometimes be referred to to try to to try to make it look like there are inconsistent statements or inconsistent positions. But like Neil said, they those scenarios rarely have any kind of dispositive effect at trial. So the biggest thing about a deposition is to get through it and don't let yourself be intimidated. And as Neil was saying, be succinct and stay on topic. All right. We've got time for one more here, A quick, hopefully a quick one. Area code 706, first three digits, 429. We've got about a minute, so make your question fast. Okay, I guess we're not going to hear the question at all. Okay, well, it's too late to to bring on another questioner. Um, 
I think uh, something that I'm going to try out doing uh, perhaps as early as next week is a longer program. I had constraints tonight, so I couldn't do it uh, today. But a longer program that's strictly question and answer. And uh, those of you who think that's a good idea, you can write in to us and let us know. I'm uh, thinking of up to an hour. And uh, uh, hopefully Charles will be there to help me field it, and maybe we'll have Bill on too, Bill Padalo. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there. So, all right, that's good. So, um, to summarize, before we have to get off the air here, uh, more and more homeowners are winning. Uh, more and more homeowners are getting results that they uh, can live with and which don't ruin their lives. So it's worth saying, keep fighting. I'll see you all next week. Thank you, Charles, for being on the show once again. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to our broadcast. We hope that you tell your friends about us and let them know that there is hope and help in this financial crisis. Tune in every week to The Neil Garfield Show for free information and advice and visit our blog daily at The Living Lines Blog. We provide support services, the latest strategies, analysis, expert consultations, testimony, and declarations to use in your battle against the largest economic crime in human history. For information concerning Neil, the team at Living Lies, or the law firm, go to www livinglies.wordpress.com or call 520-405-1688. The opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and should not be attributed to any other person or entity.